Section 30 of Europe and Elsewhere by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 28 Eve Speaks. 1. They drove us from the garden with their swords of flame, the fierce cherubim. And what had we done? We meant no harm. We were ignorant, and did as any other children might do. We could not know it was wrong to disobey the command, for the words were strange to us, and we did not understand them. We did not know right from wrong. How should we know? We could not without the moral sense. It was not possible. If we had been given the moral sense first, ah, that would have been fairer, that would have been kinder. Then we should be to blame if we disobeyed. But to say to us poor ignorant children words which we could not understand, and then punish us, because we did not do as we were told, ah, how can that be justified? We knew no more then than this littlest child of mine knows now, with its four years. Oh, not so much, I think. Would I say to it, if thou touchest this bread, I will overwhelm thee with unimaginable disaster, even to the dissolution of thy corporeal elements. And when it took the bread and smiled up in my face, thinking no harm, as not understanding those strange words, would I take advantage of its innocence and strike it down with the mother hand it trusted? Whoso knoweth the mother heart, let him judge if it would do that thing." adam says my brain is turned by my troubles and that i am become wicked i am as i am i did not make myself they drove us out drove us out into this harsh wilderness and shut the gates against us we that had meant no harm it is three months we were ignorant then we are rich in learning now ah how rich we know hunger thirst and cold we know pain disease and grief we know hate rebellion and deceit we know remorse the conscience that prosecutes guilt and innocence alike making no distinction we know weariness of body and spirit the unrefreshing sleep the rest which rests not the dreams which restore eden and banish it again with the waking. We know misery. We know torture and the heartbreak. We know humiliation and insult. We know indecency, immodesty, and the soiled mind. We know the scorn that attaches to the transmitted image of God, exposed unclosed to the day. We know fear. We know vanity, folly, envy, hypocrisy, we know irreverence, we know blasphemy, we know right from wrong, and how to avoid the one and do the other. We know all the rich product of the moral sense, and it is our possession. Would we could sell it for one hour of Eden and white purity, would we could degrade the animals with it. We have it all, that treasure, all but death, death death what may that be adam comes well he still sleeps that is our second-born our abel he has slept enough for his good and his garden suffers for his care wake him i have tried and cannot then he is very tired let him sleep on 
I think it is his hurt that makes him sleep so long. I answer, it may be so. Then we will let him rest. No doubt the sleep is healing it. 2. It is a day and a night now that he has slept. We found him by his altar in his field that morning, his face and body drenched in blood. He said his eldest brother struck him down. Then he spoke no more and fell asleep. We laid him in his bed and washed the blood away, and were glad to know the hurt was light and that he had no pain, for if he had had pain he would not have slept. It was in the early morning that we found him. All day he slept that sweet, reposeful sleep, lying always on his back, and never moving, never turning. It showed how tired he was, poor thing. He is so good and works so hard, rising with the dawn and laboring till the dark, and now he is overworked. It will be best that he tax himself less after this, and I will ask him. He will do anything I wish." All the day he slept. I know, for I was always near, and made dishes for him, and kept them warm against his waking. Often I crept in and fed my eyes upon his gentle face, and was thankful for that blessed sleep. And still he slept on, slept with his eyes wide, a strange thing, and made me think he was awake at first. But it was not so, for I spoke and he did not answer. He always answers when I speak. Cain has moods and will not answer, but not able. I have sat by him all the night, being afraid he might wake and want his food. His face was very white, and it changed, and he came to look as he had looked when he was a little child in Eden long ago, so sweet and good and dear. It carried me back over the abyss of years, and I was lost in dreams and tears. Oh, hours, I think. Then I came to myself, and thinking he stirred, I kissed his cheek to wake him. But he slumbered on, and I was disappointed. His cheek was cold. I brought sacks of wool and the downs of birds and covered him, but he was still cold, and I brought more. Adam has come again, and says he is not yet warm. I do not understand. 3. We cannot wake him. With my arms clinging about him I have looked into his eyes through the veil of my tears, and begged for one little word, and he will not answer. Oh, is it that long sleep? Is it death? And will he wake no more? From Satan's Diary Death has entered the world. The creatures are perishing. One of the family is fallen, the product of the moral sense is complete. The family think ill of death. They will change their minds. End of chapter 28 Eve Speaks Read by John Greenman